you're on a lake or staying near a lake. Have you been uh, on a lake that's frozen? Have you walked across a frozen lake before? I haven't. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm Dominican, so I would be very scared of that. I know my friends here say, you know, the lake stays, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more from the hood. I don't know if, I don't know if that, that lake will stand for me. I'll probably break if I get on it. That was Alex Rodriguez. I'm your host, Marnie Gellner, and this is Wolves Plus, presented by Aura. McLaughlin for Towns, and one for Cat with an exclamation point. Russell shows off the handle and the shot. Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards. Wow, we got his feelings hurt on this one. Oh, Okoge, may the force be with you. Coast to coast for Obi-Wan Okoge. Alex, officially born in New York City, Manhattan, moved to Dominican Republic, grew up in Miami, and you have said you grew up with some very humble beginnings. Does humble beginnings mean like you grew up poor? You grew up middle class, lower class? How do you describe it? You know, it's a good question. I think because of sports, I would never describe my childhood as poor. In many ways, it was rich, and it was rich because I had sports. I had a loving mother, I had a loving brother and a sister, uh, and we figured out through a triangle of my mom working two jobs, a uh, secretary in the morning, served tables at night. Uh, my brother was a sports junkie. We loved Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, that whole rivalry. He was almost like the secretary of sports. And my sister, who was an academic, um, she was like the secretary of education. So, and I had the Boys and Girls Club, which in many ways, when my father left when I was 10, uh, was a lifesaver, became like the second parent that I didn't have. So because of sports, uh, it didn't matter how rich or poor, uh, what color you were, whether you're you know, men, women, it didn't matter. It was inclusive, and I had sports. And if we won a championship, I felt pretty rich. And the truth is, we had a little black and white TV, and we got to watch you know, sports every night. And I loved watching the Mets. I love watching uh, Magic Johnson against Larry Bird on CBS at 3.35 on Sundays. And, and that was pretty much my childhood, but I, I loved it. I would say we were in the, in the lower middle to poor uh, demo, yeah. Okay. And you grew up, um, when you went to high school in Miami, mm -hmm. were teammates with Doug Minkiewicz. Yeah. And we have had footage of you in high school. I've shown you, I showed you on Media Day, okay. you, yourself playing basketball on Doug's team, because apparently his dad had a camcorder he all was, the time. <laughs> All the time. It was awesome. So basketball, football, baseball in high school was sports. You just talked about it as part of your childhood. Was it life for you growing up? It was life, but um, I, I've always been really wanting to be part of something bigger. Um, I'm glad I never had to play individual sports. You know, I wouldn't have been a good tennis or golf player. I, I love collaborating. Um, basketball, I was a point guard, and I loved to dish the ball. Um, it, football, I was a quarterback, and we threw 40 times a game, about 15 times to Doug Mankiewicz. Uh, he was a great tight end with really good hands. Um, and baseball, I was a shortstop and kind of a captain of, of the infield. So what I love most, and I still do today, is, is collaborating, putting things, uh, producing, uh, you know, and putting great teams together, and then winning together. I always say it's never, never fun to win alone. 
It's never fun to get rich alone. It's never fun to lose alone, right? Like you want to do this in a team, the highs sure. and the lows. So obviously baseball was your best sport or became your best sport. You were the number one pick in 93 by the Mariners and made your big league debut at 18 years old. There's no way of truly knowing what is ahead of you when you debut in the big leagues at 18. Did you think you knew what was ahead of you? I was clueless. I mean, at the time, if you ask me, I figured I had it all figured out, right? But, uh, you know, I was 18 years old. It was the summer of 94. Uh, I'm in this historic ballpark, Fenway Park. Um, in the early days, I faced Roger Clemens, uh, talking about one of the most intimidating days of my life, uh, where, my, where my knees were shaking, right? And if you think about it, I came from a little school in Miami called Westminster Christian, about 300 uh, people from uh, ninth grade to, to senior year. And it was a very like little boutique, like friends and family kind of thing. And it was great. And we had a baseball powerhouse. We had a great coach in Rich Hoffman, uh, who was there for over 35 years, has won 12 championships. And in many ways, he was like, uh, a John Wooden of high school baseball. And he was one of my great, great mentors who gave me incredible confidence early on. But to think about it, Marnie, that I went from my senior year uh, I went to prom, graduated, and a few months later, I was at Fenway, Fenway. Park. Yeah. You know, I was 18 years old. I looked like I was 27. Uh, I had the maturity of a 12-year-old. So, <laughs> But for you to be able to say that is pretty good self-recognition. <laughs> yeah. So you end up playing in the big leagues for 22 seasons. I played for the Mariners, Rangers, Yankees. You win a championship. Mm -hmm. You win the one championship in 2009. And I've heard you say that you would look at your accomplishments. Mm -hmm. You would look at your career differently if you didn't have that one championship. Mm -hmm. How important is your World Series title to you? It, it, it's the absolute exclamation point in my entire career. There is nothing that I've accomplished from an individual point of view that measures to winning a championship and doing it with some incredible fans in New York, uh, you know, 25 men roster that are still to this day my brothers. When you win a championship together, it's like part of a life fraternity that it never breaks. And, and through that process, Marnie, what I've learned is I've learned to identify what a champion looks like. And that transcends in every sport. And those are the things that I think I'm looking forward to most is put into play here is you have the best, you have the, the, the LeBron James, Michael Jordan of e-commerce in, in Mark Laurie. Uh, you have uh, Glenn, who's the GOAT, right? He's been doing it for 30 years, went to Harvard Business School, loves Minnesota, and he's a great mentor to us. And I come at it with a 25-year professional baseball career, uh, really understanding the highs, the lows, and the ugly, every part of it. Mm -hmm. So I think collectively, the three of us, when you look at that triangle of experiences, I think we're going to put together uh, hopefully one of the most admired franchises, not only in basketball, but in all of sports. And you are here. You are here with the, all this Timberwolves branding around you for a reason. When you made your money in baseball, when you signed a couple of big contracts, did you have the foresight to know, I'm, I'm going to have a life after baseball. I'm going to have a business life after baseball. I better be doing this, that. Or a lot of athletes say it's never going to end. I'm, gonna, I'm at the top of the world. It, it'll never come to an end. Could you think that far ahead and build your business while you were playing baseball? Yeah, I, I think first I had a little bit of a competitive advantage because when I was 10 years old, I, I had two dreams. I wanted to be a major league baseball player, but don't we all, right? That was like whatever. But I did want it to be an entrepreneur and be a leader of a, of a big enterprise. And I've been dreaming about that ever since I was 10 years old. 
And I think one of the things that the barriers that I was able to break through my career is twofold. One, I played for a very long time, over two and a half decades. And because of that, I was able to make a bunch of mistakes in my early 20s and then learn from those mistakes and now repeat those mistakes. And what happened was instead of getting the traditional, I have a business manager, I have a lawyer, I have an agent, I was able to recognize through my mistakes that in order to play basketball, you need Michael Jordan and you win. If you want football, you get Tom Brady. And if you want baseball, you get Mariano Rivera or, or Joe Maurer. But the point is, is that you need the best in class in every field. And as a result of the way that athletes work, you may not have the best in class. They may be the best in class that you meet, but the competitive advantage that we have as athletes in a city like New York or Minnesota is you can go out and hand select the Michael Jordan of real estate, the Tom Brady of venture, the you know Blackstone of private equity. And I recognize that partly because I was in New York, but then I went out and met with those people and really put my team around me that was really helpful. And that helped me kind of take my business from good to great. Did you recognize who you need and where you need them and where your blind spots might be or where you need the, the lifting or the education? Again, self-awareness. Got it. Got it. Um, you, and, you and Mark Laurie have and continue to work with Glenn Taylor very closely. I know you're asking a lot of questions. You're meeting with him. You must be learning so much about what an NBA owner does, should do, responsibilities, all of that. In the last few months, have there been things that just totally took you by surprise that you were like, holy smokes, I did not even think about that? Yeah. I mean, how difficult it is to be an NBA owner, right? Uh, how much fun it is to be an NBA owner, uh, how much I'm enjoying the process, how much I'm enjoying the NBA family. Uh, but with that, you know, uh, the great leadership of Adam Silver and, and his cabinet, but really all the kind of like uh, is a minefield of, of challenges that you have to be very careful. You have to go right down the middle. Um, that includes, you know, your businesses. That includes, you know, even talking to players. All these rules that we're learning in real time, um, stuff in social media, something you can like, something you can like. And, you know, we're just novice at this and we're learning. We're slowly learning, but we're doing the best we can to get, you know, get caught up. But it's been it's been a lot of fun. You and Mark have, have both said that you are committed to Minnesota, that there are a lot of business opportunities here. This is a good place to, to grow and to keep the franchise. But you've never spent this much time in Minnesota. You've come through, you've had your baseball series over the years and whatever. But as you have looked at Minnesota with a different lens and spent longer amounts of time here, what have you learned about Minnesota that you did not know before in your previous trips here? Well, first of all, it has some of the, the nicest people in the world. Uh, and I've been to a lot of places. Uh, really smart people, uh, people that love Minnesota. You guys, I've never seen more lakes in my life. We're staying in one right now, even though I can't see it because there's snow on the ground. And, and there's some great restaurants, right? But, I mean, look, we, we've been investing in real estate uh, in Minnesota for over 20 years. And, and recently, we just bought uh, another portfolio. We're, we're over 1,000 units in, in the Minnesota area. This happened well before the Minnesota Timberwolves transaction. So I, I like it here. I love it here. I think it's one of the, I think this is the single greatest uh, sports opportunity that I've seen in the last 20 years. Really? I do. And I think uh, there, I, I just think that when you look at, we, we played a team in, in Utah uh, this past week. Um, you look at what's happening in San Antonio. 
You see what 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 uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and Michael Reinsdorf has done with the Bulls, uh, the Crafts, Robert and Jonathan in New England. If if you create a core, uh, a foundation, a mission, a clear clear vision of what do you want to do when you grow up, and then you're willing to deploy capital, time, energy, and then go find the best people in the world to come here. I, I, I'm telling you, I am so excited about. Uh, the road that we're on right now, and I, I feel it from people walking around the Lexus Club, uh, taking pictures, signing autographs. The fans know this is going to take a little bit of time, but if you trust the process, I feel they'll be very, very happy when they look up in two or three years of where we are and where we're going. You had mentioned the, you're on a lake or staying near mm -hmm. a lake. Have you been uh, on a lake that's frozen? Uh, Have you walked across a frozen lake before? I haven't, and you know, I, I'm, I'm Dominican, so I would be very scared of that. I know my friends here say, you know, the lake stays, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more from the hood. I don't know if, I don't know if that, that lake will stand for me. I'll probably break if I get on it. Have you ever been sledding? Have you been snowmobiling? Not, okay. None of that. You know, I want to reach out to like my boy, Joe Maurer, and maybe he can take me, because he's, he's yeah. a good Minnesota representative. He will get you on a frozen I lake. I would love that, I would love if that. If you could go ice fishing, do you know how much Minnesotans could then embrace you and have much more in common, engage in conversations about the the lures you used and uh, Marnie, I'll make a deal right now. If Joe Maurer takes me uh, any type of fishing you want, we can bring the cameras out there and we can do it uh, on the Oh, field. it's going to be ice fishing. Whatever you Sorry. want. The co consider the call made. Done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that'll be good. Um, you having been a former number one overall pick in baseball, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, both number one picks in the NBA, and there are not a lot of people in that club who understand what that is like. Have you had conversations with either of those two or plan to just about like that kind of experience and expectations and everything that goes along with that? Yeah, I've spent time with, with a lot of our players, including those two. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that I am so excited about uh, their development is I don't think we've put forth the best environment for them, meaning like what are the right chips? Um, What's the right system? I think we're on our way. But I know that when my development took off was when I had the Edgar Martinez around, the Ken Griffey Juniors, uh, getting mentored by people like Kirby Puckett and, and putting the right people around with the right structure, with the right uh, message. I think those players are going to go from where they are now, which is a really high level, and really expedite the process. It's really important. They can't do it alone, and we have a lot of work to do. Uh, and I'm here to help, and, and Glenn's here to help, and, and so is, is Mark. Carl told the story uh, towards the end of last season about an Alex Rodriguez jersey from Walmart <laughs> that he may or may not have gained uh, <laughs> through questionable uh, methods. But I just thought that was uh, just the sweetest, kind of most endearing story. I'm, I'm assuming you, you've heard about that. Yes. You can tell that story. Uh, d does it make you feel like, wow, what a connection, or wow, I'm old, or like, what, what is your reaction to that? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, I think we have a Dominican background. Um, yes. You know, the thing about Cat is that he, he's such a passionate guy. He's got so much talent. Um, I look at Cat and I look at Edwards, and, and I see a lot of me when I was young. And um, the lessons that I learned through the people that I surrounded myself with just expedited my process. I'm looking forward to spending more time with them. Uh, the fact that he um, he attained my jersey from Walmart um, was really interesting, and you know, 
first time I met him, he told me he was a big fan, big fan of me and uh, Mariano and Jeter and, and also Big Poppy, which, you know, <laughs> by the way, played in Minnesota. Yes. <laughs> no, but he, he's full of life and he's so passionate. And I, I'm just really excited that for us as an ownership group and management to put all the right pieces in order. And so these guys understand that from top to bottom, we're going to be best in class. We're not going to take any shortcuts. And that would inspire them and motivate them to go to the next level. And you mentioned Carl with the Dominican and his mom being from the Dominican Republic. Is that a bond? Is there something special that unites people who have something like that in common? Oh, th there's no doubt. I mean, uh, the first thing he talked to me about is, you know, to Alex and Mark, he told us, I would love for you guys to help me in some of my missions that I do in Dominican Republic. I really want to grow basketball there. I want to give back to the less fortunate. And, and Mark and I were said, absolutely, we're all in on that. And uh, yeah, so for sure is a bond. My family is really, really proud of Kat, the fact that he is Dominican. There's not too many Dominicans in the NBA, so that's something that we're very proud of. And uh, again, I'm really excited about as good as Kat has been, and he's been really good, I think the best days are ahead of him. And he's played for the Dominican national team too, yeah. so that, that country is, is very yeah. important to him. When you sit and watch the Timberwolves, especially courtside, which you've done several times, you've been at Target Center for several times, do you watch a game as an owner? Like, I would like to see this, this, and this. Do you watch it as an athlete? Like, wow, I mean, how, what, how does he learn that move? What eyes do you see a basketball game through? You know, I, I always enjoy it. I mean, the fact that, you know, Mark and I own a team, the fact that a Dominican kid like me can own a team just tells you that anybody watching out there, whatever you put your mind to it, you, you can do it yourself. I mean, it's, it's really the greatest country in the world that gives you all these incredible opportunities. But I'm watching it as like, A, I'm grateful, B, I'm, I'm enjoying it as a fan. But C, I think one of the things that uh, Mark and I have been really, um, perp we've had purpose on this, is that not to do too much too early, to really take the first two and a half years, get mentored by Glenn, really take a bunch of notes, interview a bunch of people, ask a lot of questions, but, you know, I always say we have this thing at A-Rod Corp where we say slow down to speed up. And, and that's really, really an important piece because it's so tempting to go do this and go do that. But if you don't have the vision, the mission, the core values, the foundation, then it's really hard to say, oh, well, Marnie fits our group or Alex fits our group, right? For, once you have the table laid out, you're like, okay, we know exactly what we want. Marnie fits. Alex doesn't. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> uh, I did that on purpose. Um, so so that, that's what makes it fun. And, and I think the mistake that you see a lot of people, not only in sports but in business, is they want to start filling the table, but the table yeah. is not stable yet. I would think the temptation would be so great. How do you keep the patience? Well, it's, it's right long, there. It's, it's right in front of you. It's the long game. I mean, we, we want to be um, the most respected sports organization in all of sports. And in order to have that big of an ambition, it's going to take time. And uh, right now we're doing a lot of our uh, behind-the-scenes work, which is a lot of investigative work on really finding out from the fans, from the media, from the consumer, what can we do better. And the question is, when you walk into Golden State and you walk into that building or you walk into uh, the, no, the new crypto, uh, Old Staples and Lakers or Madison Square Garden, can we look in the eye and say, our experience is just as good as them? And then if it's not, we have a lot of work to do. But we're not going to stop until it's that or better. Mm -hmm. And you've got the foundation. There's a song that goes, uh, the house don't fall when the bones are good. Like Marin Morris, look it up. You have two daughters, mm -hmm. ages 17 and 13. Yep. 
Okay. I have seen a lot of photos on Instagram. <laughs> I've seen TikTok dances on Instagram. What kind of a dad are you? <laughs> Not a good dancer. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I'm a very ha- hands-on dad. Um, and, and again, it's a balance, right? Because now they're teenagers. And uh, they just remind me how old I am, how uncool I am. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. When I go back and think about when my father left when I was 10, w- one of the prayers that I had early on was like, I said, dear God, if I ever get an opportunity to be uh, a father, if I'm lucky enough to be a father, uh, that's going to be the number one responsibility in my life. And I'm going to be connected. And luckily, uh, you know, they have a great mother in Cynthia, who's one of my dear friends. And, uh, and the girls are just uh, delightful. It's, uh, I cannot believe I took my oldest to uh, Michigan uh, for her first college visit. And I was like, oh, man, this is crazy. I'm getting old. <laughs> but it, it's fun. They're great. You're a girl dad. You're like one yeah. of those proud, embrace, do it all. Yeah, I love For that. Sure. I love that. Um, <clears throat> you, you also on Instagram had a photo at Harvard Business School. And you had written, I've always wondered what it would have been like to go to college, to sit in classrooms, and even study for final exams. And I think those of us that followed that normal, normal path and went to college would tell you, you ain't missing much. But to look at it through someone's eyes who has never did that and thought, what did I miss? What did you miss? You tell me. (laughs) You went, right? Now, I'm obsessed with process, not results. I'm obsessed with education. I'm a sucker for really, really smart people. I always say that it's really hard to win championships or build great businesses without a high acumen. It doesn't mean you have to be uh, have a college degree from Harvard or Yale, but you have to be connected. You have to be, you have to be gritty. You have to be accountable. You have to be trusted. Um, you have to be a mission-driven, not mercenary-driven. So, for me, as as as, as an, one of the owners of this great franchise, it is on me, Mark, and Glenn and Becky, to every day think about how do we move this organization forward. And Mark and I, it's funny, we, we were at the game last night, and I mean, you want to talk about a reality show? Have him and I put mics on us. It will be the funniest conversations ever. He, the shots just went up by, uh, I'll say, 21% chance of winning. Then the guy makes a three. That just went to 28. Uh, another shot. Probability just went down to 14.2. I said, Mark, no more numbers, no more analytics. I'm just trying to have a glass of wine and enjoy the game. Um, so he goes at it from a very analytics point of view. And, and it's just fun. It's just been a great process. But, you know, we lost a tough game last night. And before 11 o'clock this morning, we've already talked three or four times. And we're thinking about what are we doing? What's the next? What, what, what do you see? How can we make this team better? It's constant. I mean, it's, it's nonstop. Wow. Love it. A um, couple of questions before we wrap up. And they're not, uh, they're, not, they're not business questions. You're a fit guy. You work out. You eat healthy. Do you have cheat days? What do your cheat days look like? If you want to say like my two cheat meals, yes, I have cheat days, of course. I can crush some pizza, okay? Pizza. And I can crush some wings. What kind of pizza? Like what are, you, what are your toppings? I, I'll just take, a, you know, a New York pizza where you just go or, you know, Papa John's or Domino's. I'm not really biased. You just, and I can rip like four or five of them in a row quickly. Like pepperoni, sausage? Oh, cheese. Just cheese. Just cheese. Yeah. 
Just cheese. Yeah. You're getting me hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> and then wings. Are you the spicy? Or are you sweet? Or um, bone in? Boneless? No, no. I definitely like bone. Uh, I'm more of a medium guy. And I'll take ranch and blue cheese, and I kind of do a double dip. Ranch and blue yeah, cheese. Yeah, yeah, both. And I bet you eat all the celery. Crush the celery. <laughs> of course. And then I'm a mess. Like, I literally need to, like, wash up after. <laughs> okay, sometimes uh, when we have a guest in, we like to get a little inside source okay. so that we can get a better idea of personality and things that we don't know, we, didn't, we can't Google, we can't read. So in this case, uh, our inside source is your nephew, Nick. Oh, gosh. Who was with you uh, as you came to this interview today. So Nick gave me three things, little quirky things about you that I'd like to um, have you clarify okay. and confirm for us. Uh, Nick, first of all, says, you are apparently the worst guy to watch a movie with. <laughs> At home, you are constantly pausing every scene. A two-hour movie takes four hours to watch with Alex. True? This is true. And, and my good friend Jose is the best because we'll watch Godfather. Godfather's already long, right? And I'll press pause and I say, Jose, explain to me what's happening. And Jose's great. He'll exp and there's five people in the, in the theater. He'll explain everything that just happened and the next three or four scenes that's going to happen. And everybody just wants to kill Jose and me. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> you you just want to talk it out. You want to. Yeah, I want to make sure that I understand all the fun. nuances, okay. right? Because you watch Godfather, and the fourth or fifth time, every time you pick up something new, okay. and those nuances what makes it one of the greatest movies of all times. So what if you're watching like old school and it's not quite as deep? Can you just watch it? No, I'll still pause because okay. I'll be lost at some point. Okay. Um, on Zoom meetings, he uses hand gestures to ask for things <laughs> so that he doesn't interrupt the meeting. He has a signal for water for coffee. It's like his own sign language. <laughs> I think we, we got pretty good with sign language, especially in, through COVID and the pandemic. We were all inside. So, yeah. Yeah, he, that, that's true. But that actually uh, serves a decent purpose, though, because you're trying to not interrupt the meeting. You don't want to leave. You're trying to... Right. Okay. So I don't know what these signs are, but I'm, I'm sure that he, he probably knows them like better than me. You're just giving him like a... Probably, probably. Okay. <laughs> Last one. Uh, he has some kind of a superstition about clothes. Like any time he gets a new shirt or tie, he has to take it out of the packaging. No one else can do yeah. that. It's like he has to touch it first or something. Yeah, I think part of it is growing up really poor. Is like if I get a new tie and it's in a package, like it drives me crazy, Marnie. If like, uh, you know, somebody opens it up and like takes it out and like puts it in my closet, I'm like, no. And I, 15, 20 minutes to put it back in. No. Yeah, it's just like this no. kind of crazy obsessive thing. And, and I just like, do not touch the package that's my and then there's like a foreplay to it like you have to do it and come and bring up anyways that that, that is true wow we may want to look into that one <laughs> i know i know well, i'm still in therapy so <laughs> okay so we're going to finish with the uh, final five just okay. five random questions personality driven question number one how do you take your coffee black just black black all the time black. no creamer no sugar and you like coffee. Do you have multiple Black. cups a day? Yes. Um, I'll have probably like seven cups or eight cups a day of coffee. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I can have a big cup of coffee at midnight right before I fall asleep. No. Yes. And sleep fine. Perfectly, like that a baby. That is incredible. Like a baby. Wow. But then I'm sending That's emails at 2, 3 in the morning to the team, and I drive them crazy, so... <laughs> That may be the coffee kicking in. Probably, yeah. <laughs> what is something that strangers often assume about you 
that is not true. Probably I'm an arrogant jerk. <laughs> Part of it is <laughs> that I'm a Yankee, right? And uh, I can't change that. I'm a very proud Yankee. I'm a very proud world champion. Um, and I play for the greatest boss of all time, in my opinion, George Steinbrenner. Um, but look, I, I think a lot of it is I made a, dumb, a lot of dumb mistakes, right? And I wasn't really good at this media stuff. Marty, you wouldn't pay me any amount of money to do this while I was playing. I would have been terrified. I would have literally, because I was so shy and I was insecure, and I thought you were going to take advantage of me. And I think as a result, I built a wall. So when I saw PR people or people that I would just get nervous and I would run away, and I would just say, at the end of the day, I can write my stories with my bat. And it did not serve me well. And it was after my suspension that I started to learn, like, hey, I have a pretty decent story. And I started working on telling my story a little bit better. And, and now you can't shut me up. <laughs> Your walls are down. I think so. <laughs> Follow-up question before I move on to here, because you said you're a Yankee and you're a proud Yankee. Yeah. You know the history between the Twins and the Yankees. Well, yeah. almost every baseball team hates the Yankees at some point. Yeah. The Twins especially. Now you're in Minnesota. A lot of Wolves fans are Twins fans. Yeah. Have you found that you've got to break through that first level of yeah. Twins fans, Wolves fans who are like, okay, Yankee? Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about that morning is I've always been an enormous fan of the Minnesota Twin way. And I go back to Tom Kelly, Ken Herbeck, um, uh, you know, you think about all the great teams they, they put together. Like they a were Kirby. all fundamentally sound, right? Um, Steinberg. I, I just really enjoyed the way they went about it. And uh, then Garden Hire took over. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know. I've always really enjoyed the way they've gone about their business. Uh, I've always played well uh, against them. Uh, yeah, even, we know. No, no, but even when I was a Mariner, right? Mariner, I played really well. Yes. And Texas is one of these organizations I just felt, well, you know, they didn't just start with the Yankees. But I, I've been a big fan of the way they run their organization. Okay. Always first class, always well played, great defense, grinders. I always felt like, boy, Minnesota Twins, that's the kind of team I want to play for. Tom Kelly, Ronnie Gardenhire, those are guys I want to play for because they teach it the right way. Well, that's a start. That's yeah. a start to winning long, over long Twins fans. A little bit. Okay, we've got we've had two of the five. We're these will get quicker. Which emoji do you use the most? Oh, I'm a big emoji guy. Yeah. Yeah, to my daughters. Sure. Like, forty-seven hearts, and they're like, "Dad, you're overdoing it." <laughs> I'm like, "No, but I miss you so much. I really love you." They're like, "I know, but one heart is fine. Like, they just let me have it." They're like, and then if I comment on their Instagram, they're like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm a teenager. You can't be saying I love you so much. Like, no, 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 no. Like." One little sign is fine. So, yeah, I, I use hearts. I use, like, hand. I use, like, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Patrick Beverly on this show said he uses the prayer hands a lot, and, uh, and he did not know you could change the color of the hands, and so he finally put a little pigment in his hands because he thought all they yeah. were all, like, the Homer Simpson yellow. Yeah, I knew that. Little tidbit. Yeah, I did, too. I did, too. Are you a morning person or a night owl? You know, during baseball season uh, in my career, I was always a night out. But uh, in my business post, I, my perfect day, Marnie, is to be in bed by 9, 9.30, and be up at 5.36. It doesn't often happen that way because of my travel. But ideally, in bed by 9, 9.30, little Netflix, a couple emails, go to bed, wake up at 5.30, work out, 
cold shower, do my thing, and then get to the office. Get a jump start on the day. Yeah. Get up early, get going. Yeah. Okay. Which TV show or movie can you quote at any time? <laughs> yeah. I'm not a great quoter, but I like uh, Goodfellas. A lot of great lines in Goodfellas. Um, Scarface. A sense of theme here. Wall Street, Michael Douglas. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Not slapstick comedy. No, I'm not a no. funny guy, so, it, no. you know. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, I know you are a busy guy, mm-hmm. so we thank you for your time here today. We really look forward to what's to come. I think a, a lot of Timberwolves and Lynx fans are very excited about this, so we appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm fired up, and, and thank you to all the T-Wolves fans and the Lynx fans. We're going to have a great time together. I'm fired up. Wolves Plus, presented by Aura.